If you feel overwhelmed by your numbers or that your inventory is just out of control, you're going to really like this episode. I had an incredible conversation with Sierra Stockland about profit. We talked about profit first, inventory, key reports to have in your business, and how to identify opportunities to ultimately create a profit strategy that will make your business work for you. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Sierra because she's powerhouse, you guys. She's an author, a speaker, a podcast host, and a three-time Ironman who has built and sold multiple businesses, like seven-figure businesses. She's amazing. She's now the founder of the Inventory Genius Method, which is a profit-focused coaching program for inventory-based owners. So I absolutely love Sierra. If you can't tell, she just has a really incredible way of demystifying finances and just creating a safe space to have honest conversations around the money in our businesses, which I think we all can relate to that being something that's a little bit hard to talk about. So it's such a good conversation. Let's get into the chat. Okay, before we dive into today's chat, I want to actually just give you a little gift this season for tuning in and being the most amazing, loyal listeners that a girl could ask for. I love you guys so much. So as you know, in addition to this podcast and the retail strategy coaching that I do, I also have my own product business, Boku. I walk this crazy walk right alongside you and tis the season for gifting small. I would love to treat you guys to 15% off site-wide at Boku. Each of our gift boxes are not only gift wrapped in the gift wrap of your choice, which is my favorite part of Boku, honestly, but each box supports at least five women-owned businesses. The product that we source is 100% women and minority-owned small brands and makers, just like you guys. Some of you might even be the brands that we carry, and we give back $1 from each gift box sold. This season, we're donating to Girls Inc., which I am just so proud of. And I know gifting is stressful and Every single one of you listening is so beyond stressed right now. So I want to make gifting a little bit easier for you so you can gift your values stress-free with Boku this season. So just use the code BuyerSide through the end of the year at shopboku.com. The link is in the show notes for you. Okay, let's get to the episode. Welcome to the Buyer Side Chat podcast, where I take you inside the mindset of a buyer through conversations to help you scale your product business profitably. I am really excited, you guys. I have Sierra Stockland of Inventory Genius here with me today, and we're talking all things profit and inventory, and she has such a cool story. So welcome to the podcast, Sierra. Hello, and congratulations on your rebrand. I love... How fun. What a fun little play on words. I love it. Thank you. You know what? I So I had the Product to Profit podcast, and it felt just like very serious, and it didn't feel like my own personality. It didn't feel very fun. And so this name came to me during the last season. I was like, I just want to change it now. I'm dying to change it. And I held on. So I'm happy that you, you get the play on words. So thank you so much. I'm really excited to have you here. We have had a couple different things that we've done back and forth. And this is now finally having you on my podcast. I'm really excited about this conversation because we have so much synergy in the things that we teach and our backgrounds and things that light us up. So please introduce yourself. Tell us all the things, your story and what brought you to your business now, because you have 
such a great learning yeah. story. <laughs> yes, a, a very steep learning curve. We'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was um, like, I was going to say great story, and I'm like, well, I should just say you learned a lot from your story, and you were doing yes. such cool things as a result of it. So we all have something to learn from you. So, okay, without further ado, I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I'm a third generation entrepreneur, born and raised in North Dakota, and um, I now live in Tennessee. We moved here a couple of years ago just to finally escape the winters. But um, I was born and raised into a small business family, you know, always around small business conversation. Um, I realize now we talked a lot about sales. So I didn't, I would listen as a child, but you know, customers and sales and the going up and down never really talked about numbers or the back end of necessarily running a business, but I learned work ethic, how to treat customers, how to treat employees, things like that. Um, and small business just felt right for me. So um, 2006, right out of, um, after college, I, um, actually ended up dropping out of college. I was going and thinking like, what on earth? I don't know really what I want to be when I grow up. And, um, I was, you know, going after a flute major and just, I don't want to teach music. And, and I had started building a business. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to follow that path. So I built and grew a business, got married, had a couple of kids. And then I decided that business, it was a, an, an acting company, just wasn't the right fit for my family anymore. And so in 2006, I closed that and I launched my first retail concept, which was a small boutique, high-end boutique in downtown Fargo, and then ended up opening a second concept six months later. So I had two different stores going at the same time next to each other downtown. Um, ended up merging those, building that into a franchise brand, built that... Um, we ran that for about a decade. And then I sold that brand to one of my franchisees, built a subscription box for boutique owners because I had a lot of connections by that time with wholesalers and retailers. And I wanted to bridge that gap. And then through the boutique box, the subscription box for boutique owners, I started coaching and consulting with small retail, which I never in my wildest dreams even you know, thought I would ever coach or teach or anything like that. Um, but just kind of fell into that and um, seized the day and really enjoyed helping other retailers um, grow and thrive and built that up and grew that. And so here I am today, a profit strategist working specifically with inventory-based business owners and dealing specifically specifically with profit strategy, inventory numbers, and financials. Okay. So anybody listening to this probably immediately knows why I was like dying to have you on because we have the similar background, similar passions, like profit is the queen in our businesses. It drives everything. It allows us to pay ourselves and grow our businesses. Your sales number doesn't really matter as much as that profit margin, how much money you're making at the end of the day. So I'm really excited to dive into this. And you just have such a interesting background. Every time I talk to you, I learn a little bit something new, like that you studied music. I did not know that. That's very cool. You're just multifaceted powerhouse. So just staying on your story for a second, because I read your book, because side note, she also wrote a book because <laughs> you're amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, I know from reading your book about some of the challenges that you struggled with when you were scaling your franchise business. And I'm, I'm curious if there's anything you're willing to share here just about like what that process looked like, because I feel like the, some of the things that you teach now are, were fueled by that learning that you yeah. had in that scaling process. 
Yeah. You know, I think as small business owners, we, our goal is to be big, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that might look like for some of us, it's multiple locations, which was my desire for some of us. It's, you know, I want to own a seven figure business. Some of us, we want the corner office. So whatever big and great and growth looks like to us, our, our business journey is usually fueled or fueled by that passion, but we don't understand that building a good foundation is what's going to make that sustainable. So for me, I was really great at finding opportunity, uh, adding value, at leading a team, at casting a vision, selling a franchise, you know, wanting to empower all these women who wanted to be franchisees of my brand. Those things I did really, really well, but I didn't understand that the foundation had to be really strong. And while growth is great, it would have been better for me to possibly grow a different way grow slower, build profitability, take a consistent paycheck, eliminate debt, and then push forward instead of what we tend to hear and do, which is just like chase the sales, (laughs) more sales, more sales, bigger number, more zeros, right? But if we don't have a good foundation, we just, those sales are just chased by the problems and the problems get bigger and bigger. And so that's Mm -hmm. why I love to help inventory-based business owners now because I can still feel that pain and I want to help people avoid that. Or if they're feeling that pain, if they've gotten themselves into a situation that's really uncomfortable in their business, help them figure out a way out of it. I love that. I think inventory specifically is something that is just kind of this in the conversation around growing your business, right? It's kind of this afterthought. Everything everybody talks about out there from like a coaching perspective, which is great. We need to also talk about these things, but it's marketing. It's driving traffic to your site. It's all these flashy sales things. But in order as a product business, right? In order to grow our sales, you have to sell the thing to grow your sales. And at the foundation of that, that's your inventory. So if you're not really doing a lot of work to build profit into your inventory, it's kind of like, okay, well, you're selling more, but your your expenses are also growing with that because you have to hire people and all the things that come along with it. And suddenly your margin is smaller and smaller and smaller. So I would love to talk to you about profit first, specifically as it relates to an inventory-based business, because I think that this is kind of like the starting point with just how you're even managing your business um, specifically with product and how it relates to profit first. Cause if you've read profit first, you know that they don't really talk a lot about inventory in there. And so yeah. I'd love your perspective on how those tie together and how to approach your business that, in that way. Yeah. So, I mean, profit first is just a great book. It's a great method. It's just a cash management system. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love to help my clients with is understanding how inventory is directly tied to profitability. So you just mentioned something you said, you know, we have the things, but we have to sell the things. We have to sell the things for the right amount of money. So if you think, I I still remember, I talk about this in my book. I still remember sitting down. Finally, I found my profit strategist. I wish I had found him at the beginning, but he helped me towards the end of the retail, um, that retail chapter, understand how inventory was tied to profitability. And I remember him telling me, Sierra, just because you buy something for five and sell it for 10 doesn't mean you have $5 left over. Because I was like, Randy, I'm making millions of dollars. I'm selling thousands of units. We were a designer outlet store. So we had really good price points. So we, you know, volume was our, our game. 
thousands and thousands of units, all this cash coming in. Where is it all going? I have no money in my bank account. What is going on? And it was because I didn't understand margin and how inventory and margin is directly tied to profitability. So if we use a profit strategy method, we can say, okay, first we're going to take our sales and we're going to look at what the cost of those sales were. So if I sold three shirts that each cost me $5, the cost of those sales was $15, three times 15, three times five, $15 in cost to make those sales. I'm going to take that and I'm going to move it over to my inventory account, which is what I have my clients set up. And then that along with my open to buy or my buying budget begins to be the bumpers on the bowling alley. So I have, you know, one bumper is my, my open to buy my buying budget. The other bumper is what's available in my inventory account. And this helps guide the money in the right direction. So now I'm buying into what's selling, which really focuses us on gross margin, and ultimately profitability instead of just that t- like money's coming in, money's coming in like, okay, but Where's here's what I have to replace. And here's what yeah. I have, what I can afford to replace it with. And the rest has to cover my operating expense. I think that that is just, it's dare I say genius. <laughs> it's so, it's, a, it's it. just a smart, it's a smart way to manage it because it's really easy to just like exactly what you said. Well, I bought it for $5 each. So I have $5. And even if you know that you have all your other expenses, it's unless you are tracking it, it's kind of hard to loot, like be able to really see it. So if you have somebody that like comes to you brand new that would come into your program or that you'd be doing like a consulting call with, if they don't have an open to buy, actually, let's, I want to ask you, can you explain an open to buy? Because I've talked about it on yeah. here, but I'd love your you know take on it open to buy and they're not managing their inventory, like how do they start? Because it can feel super overwhelming if you are just like hot mess city. <laughs> I yes. have I have no control of my numbers. I just know that my top line sales are X and I sold X money units. Like that's what a lot of people kind of know. So I'd love yes. your perspective on that. <laughs> yeah. So I grabbed my book because I'm going to read how I describe open to buy in my book because I think that'll be helpful. So an open to buy is essentially, it's a buying budget. It feels like a really fancy term. And if you Google open to buy, a lot of times you'll find what I'm going to explain. Plus there's some other pieces, moving pieces like markdowns and things you can, you know, you know, put inside that formula as well. I like to just start super simply because most of the time no one's using any sort of open to buy or buying budget. So let's go super simple. So the formula of it is your plan sales or your goal. So your sales goal plus your ending inventory or what you want to keep on hand minus what you're starting with. And then I say even simpler, it's your goal plus what you need minus what you have. So what's my sales goal for the period of time? What do I need to always have on hand? And what am I starting with? The goal plus what I need minus what I have. And that becomes your open to buy or your buying budget. And you can do that for a week. You can do it for a month, a quarter. I know with your background, I'm sure planning out, you know, you weren't necessarily doing something weekly or maybe in some of your departments you were, but old school retail, you know, you would buy six months ahead of time. So open to buys were traditionally like six months and then you had terms. It's very different now, especially in smaller retail where we're prepaying and everything's immediate. So maybe we do your open to buy or your budget weekly. There's different ways you can slice and dice it, but essentially that's what it, what it boils down to. I think that's such an easy way to describe it. So I like that you're like, this is your goal. This is what you need to have. Like it's just drilling it down because, you know, I realized once I stepped away from corporate, I realized that like 
I was using those tools just because I knew them. But not a lot of people know that. And it's like, there's no gatekeeping here. This is how you have to run a profitable business. And if you're not doing that, then you're just like going down the path blind and you don't really know what's going to come ahead. Like, do you recommend if they, if you're just kind of starting out, like, would you recommend do it for a season or just start with, you know, a month or a floor set? Like, is there any best practice there just to kind of get your, your practice, best practice in place? Or is it just kind of like whatever fits your business? Yeah. No, I like that question. I think if you haven't ever used a buying budget, start as simply as you can. Because when we overcomplicate things, we won't stick with it. We won't use it. And it's honestly going to be painful at the beginning anyway. Even if we find ourselves in a lot of discomfort, I don't have a lot of money. I'm always stressed about buying. So I'm going to you know, dive in and do this. It's a lot of times it's more comfortable to stay in the discomfort because we at least know it. And so if we can, you know, make as least resistance as possible to anything new. So I would suggest maybe weekly, if you prepay for everything and if you buy a lot of immediates, do it weekly every week. It also creates a smaller buying budget. So you spend less money each time. So, um, you know, just every Monday, look at what you sold last week, look at what you need to have on hand, look at what you're starting with. And then here's my amount to spend for the week. And then I would just do it globally in your business, like one big open to buy. When you get comfortable with that, then let's go by category. I mean, you can drill down, you can do by size, by color, by, you know, you can do holiday open to buys, all the things, but let's just start super simple at the beginning. And what I was going to say earlier, I hear a lot of people when, you know, they'll get on a consult call with me and I'll ask them particular money questions and I'll say, what is your current margin? And almost inevitably, they're like, I mark everything up 2.2. I mark everything, which is not the answer to the question. So what is your current margin? Not what is your desired margin? And mm-hmm. I think our listeners need to remember that those are two very different things. So I mark everything up 2.5 or 3. That's phenomenal. That's great. Except you never sell everything for that, right? We have markdowns. We have damages. And so really knowing your true margin on product at the end of the day, with everything that's going on in my business, what is my end margin? That's really important to know. And if you know that along with your open to buy, you can buy into your margin dollars. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good point because that is the first thing everybody says to me too. Because it's, it's what you think. They're so excited. Like, oh, I mark everything up three times. That's amazing. (laughs) That is great. Cause you, you want to have as much profit baked in. If you are not a maker and you're reselling, you don't have that luxury. You have to sell it at the, the brand's price. And so it's like, well, I'm at, you know, on average, I'm starting at 50% or 55% for the products that I'm reselling. But then like at the bottom line, when you're doing sales, when you have free shipping, yeah. I mean, free shipping isn't free. Yes. You're paying for it. We yes. all know that, right? Free like, in, like all the yeah. things. All the things, yep. like the damages that you, like you were mentioning, um, if you do a giveaway, like all the things tie into that. So when you're looking at a profit plan for somebody, so I'm guessing you get to the bottom of what the real margin is yes. <laughs> and you know, you start to look at some opportunities. What are some of the things that you start to look at to find opportunities in somebody's business that are like quick wins that you know apply to a lot of people? Because I'm sure there are some things that immediately pop to the top of your head. 
Yeah. So I like to say there's three levers that we can pull when someone's working with me. So I always follow through um, the inventory genius framework that I've created. So we start by creating sales goals that are measured by unit level metrics. So not just, I want to do $10,000 a month or $100,000 a month. Okay. What does that mean? What's your average ticket? What's your current conversion rate? Like what are the unit level metrics behind the sales goal? Then we look at what your current margin is running at. So not what your desired margin is, but what is your current margin? Then we look at, you know, spelling out all the expenses of running your business, fixed and non-fixed, not including debt. So debt is not an expense. It's a balance sheet item. So we looked at, we look at fixed, non-fixed, which would be like rent, payroll, marketing, all those things. And then what is that going to yield you? Okay. Do we like that bottom number? Do we not like that bottom number? Most often we don't like that when we first put it down. So then we have three levers. We can either increase sales or we can increase margin or we can decrease expense. So we just go back and we start to pull those levers. Like what's the lowest hanging fruit? Oh my goodness. You know, we have opportunity for five more percent margin here, which would drop 5% to the bottom. Let's pull that lever first. Let's mark up product. Let's change our product mix. Let's ask for discounts. There's lots of ways within that lever that we can pull mini levers. And then when we say, okay, now we've, you know, exhausted those things. Let's go down to the expense line. What can we cut? What can we renegotiate, right? And we just keep pulling those levers until we're happy with what we've projected at the bottom. And then this becomes our profit plan. You just said that so perfectly. I mean, it's like, it's all of those things. Levers is the perfect way to describe that because when you visualize levers, it's like, okay, you can pull one back real far. You're like, okay, I know hands down, I can cut this expense out. Goodbye. I don't need that. Fill in the blank of whatever expense you were paying for that you don't even use. You know, another thing could be you pull a lever halfway because you're like, I could renegotiate the cost for this right now with the supplier. And next year I'm projecting that I'm going to double my sale. Let's make that up. And so I need double the inventory. So next year I know I could get even more profit because I could negotiate even further. So the lever can go further down. Like I love that visual of like pushing and pulling the levers because it all does tie together and there's not one right answer, but it's all really like nuanced with your business. So I think that that's like just a really great way to um, approach that and simplify it. I think that money has such a stigma, you know, like profit. People are nervous to talk about their numbers because we're so tied to our businesses. So, um, I think you're like making it feel like a safe space to talk about. Yeah. You know, that's like, my let's... goal is just to simplify it down and take out, mm-hmm. demystify mm-hmm. the idea of numbers and yeah. to help my clients build confidence that they can understand their numbers. I remember walking out of the bank at one point and knowing the questions that the banker should have asked me about my financials and didn't. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I am truly now the boss of my business. I know my business better than the professionals. Mm -hmm. I want every one of my clients to be like, I might not love numbers. I don't want to be an accountant, but you ask me a question, I have an answer for you (laughs) or I know how to find it. Yes. That is the thing. It's like being open to learning about it, not feeling embarrassed or scared. Like I think it's really common I mean, I even find myself like this sometimes when I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, I just don't even want to look at my QuickBooks. I don't want to know. I just need a minute. 
like put it on the shelf. I'm going to pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm going to focus in Canva and like make this marketing graphic and then I'm going to deal with it. But (laughs) it's, I think it's really easy to just put like numbers on the back burner because it's an overwhelming thing. And I, I think I will say this too. I think culturally, specifically with women, not to go down a whole rabbit hole, but just, I, I think, um, you know, the patriarchy of women, not being allowed to be involved in money conversations. Like if you tie it, go back to the sixties, like women couldn't even have a credit card. So that was kind of ingrained in us, whether we realize it or not, that we're not really supposed to openly talk about finances. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so, yeah, yeah, no, that's, you know, it's just true. Those things that we've been handed down are the thoughts that we've come to believe. And Mm -hmm. so just to find ways to build confidence in every aspect of business, not just in the sales, not just in the product development, you know, but in understanding the inner workings of how to build a good foundation. Yeah. Can I ask you, so, okay, it comes, we're we're talking profit first and you have the different buckets for, you know, the (laughs) buckets might not be the right word, but um, that's what I call it in my head with how I do it myself. But when it comes to paying yourself, this is a, a common topic that I think everybody's always trying to figure out how to pay themselves more. And when you're looking at profit first with your inventory, with your um, your tax, all the different buckets, what are some ways that you help people build up that margin or that profit strategy to be able to pay themselves more? Are there a couple of things that you can do to start building that up so that you can pay yourself a salary that you're worth being paid? Yeah. Worthy. You know, I really mm-hmm. think the the start to that is that framework that I just went over. You have to know what's happening in those five areas. So a profit and loss should become your BFF. (laughs) Everyone's like, no, no financials. But a profit and loss is just a rear view mirror. A profit and loss just shows you like what has already happened when it came to money coming in and money going out. And so if you learn the five categories, so we have sales, if you're inventory based, then you have cost of goods sold. And your gross margin, so that's one, two, three. And then you have your expenses, your net profit, those five areas. And you go through that framework and you start to pull those levers and work yourself into that. So you would go into that expense section of that P&L. Um, and so maybe I need to cut some other things. Maybe I need to get smarter with you know how I'm allocating time to employees, 1099s, whatever that looks like so that I can get paid and still have the profit at the bottom. Because we want to pull you know, in the method, you're going to pull a certain percent off of your gross margin or your real revenue. But if you don't have any gross margin or you don't have enough of it because you haven't looked at that and evaluated it, you're just going to always have the account sitting empty. And then you're going to be like, it doesn't work. (laughs) But it doesn't work if the numbers don't line up, right? Like, so you have to figure out where's the deficit. And um, I've been telling my clients lately, it's just a math, it's a simple math problem. Like more has to come in than goes out. And we feel like we should know that. But I mean, I'm telling you from experience, I didn't do it that way. (laughs) I did not do it very well for many, many years, you know? And I was like, where's all the money going? And then I'd look and I mean, if I would look at it now, I'd be like, well, geez, yeah, a lot came in, but more was going out. I was overspending. I had too much debt. And so we have to figure out how to flip that math problem so that we have enough to pay ourselves. Um, complexity is something we really work through, like making sure your business is simple. I was just talking to a client recently who has two amazing revenue streams in her business, but they're at at war with each other and she can only do so much. So she's not doing really a great job with either of them, right? Everything is getting half of her attention. 
And it's like, but there's opportunity here and there's, yes, there is, but we can only do one really, really well. So let's lean into that and grow that. And we made that decision based off of, okay, how much profit is this one bringing in and how much profit is this bringing in? Well, yeah, that's making a lot more. Okay, then let's focus on that and double down on it. And that's hard for entrepreneurs. I know I'm going to have you on my podcast to talk about editing. That's what it is, right? It's editing (laughs) opportunity and it's very, very difficult. I mean, I will be, you know, it's hard. It's so hard. I will be fully transparent here. Like I'm living through that right now myself because I have a gifting business and within my gifting business, it is split into the D2C website. It is that also split into the custom gifting for business coaches and uh, corporate gifting. So there's like a fully custom gift side and the website. And now I'm growing a coaching business that I'm super lit up about. I see so much potential. I want to help people. And so I'm finding myself split. So I am completely, when you're talking through that, I'm like, yep, whether it's a product business where you're looking at, you know, your different, two different product ideas, or you are like, trying to figure out how to split your time. It is hard to make those hard decisions and edit. And I'm trying to like take my own learnings and teachings and teach myself, take my own advice, which is sometimes easier said than done. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about determining the health of your business. So you know how to really get clear on the numbers and make those decisions with financial data backing you. I'd love to get your perspective on like which reports you recommend between, you know, a profit and loss versus a balance sheet, because I think that those are oftentimes the two reports that people get confused, but they're the two reports that you kind of really need to have a clear understanding on to be able to make some of those decisions. So I'd love your perspective on these. Yeah. So in a financial set, I would say your profit and loss and your balance sheet. Balance sheet is really misunderstood, overlooked. It feels complicated, but I'm going to make it super simple for you. So we talked about profit and loss is just a rear view mirror. Think of it as like, this has already happened. I can't change it. It's what happened yesterday and before that. A balance sheet is a snapshot in history. It's a snapshot in time. So I can look at my balance sheet as of today like right now I could pull it up and it's like, here's the health of my business in this moment in time. So a balance sheet is going to show you at the top, your assets or everything in your business that's valuable. So the cash in your bank account, like how much money do I actually have if I cashed out today? How much inventory you own? If I sold it all today, what would I make? If you own equipment, if you own vehicles, anything that's worth money, it's going to show at the top. So as of today, how much money do I essentially have? And then at the bottom of the balance sheet, how much do I owe everybody else? So how much do I have in debt, credit card debt, loans to my family, all the things, gift cards out there, anything that other people could cash in or, you know, call essentially, um, that's on the bottom. So if you look at your profit and loss every month, you can see how much did I make? What was my margin? What was I left with? And if you look at your balance sheet every month, you can say, how much do I own? And how much do I owe people? And those two things together will easily show you like, where's my business standing? And they work hand in hand. And we can go into that later, you know, at a different time, like how they work together. But those two reports in the financials. And then if you're just looking at your POS system, like every Monday, you should be looking at what were my sales? What was my margin? So did I make my goal? And how much of it did I get to keep? And that's, if you can just get a handle on those things, you'll be well ahead of the vast majority. That was so perfectly said. I just love so much how you 
just really simply break down accounting, really. You just make it easy to talk about numbers. And I think that that's a really hard thing to do. And there's a stigma around not understanding our numbers. So I think it's just really empowering. The more you understand about your own financials, the stronger you are as a business owner and the health of your business. So I just love you so much. So I would love for you to share the best way for someone listening to this to get into your world. Yeah. I think the best start would be the Inventory Genius book. It's a really simple read. It's going to be like a two-hour read. Um, I've had lots of people say, I read it. I reread it. It's it's almost like a resource. If you have inventory, whether you are a $12 million business or $120,000 business, you are going to get something out of the book. Um, it goes through the framework and it really explains how inventory and profit are tied together and how you can use one for the other. Um, and you can just get that at my website, sierrastockland.com. There's an audio version, ebook version, like so however, in paperback, however you like to learn. Um, and then also on my website, you'll find a ton of free resources. So if you go to the resource library, there's articles, there's blogs, there's podcasts on all things, numbers, profit, financial inventory. You could get lost for hours just in digging in and learning. So that would be a great place to start. Fantastic. You really have such a wealth of knowledge and so many amazing resources. I highly encourage everybody listening to give Sierra a follow and definitely check out her book, The Inventory Genius. It's such a quick, easy read, but packed with knowledge that you really have to have for your business. Okay. So how can everybody find you? Yeah. So um, follow me on Instagram, Sierra Stockland, and then my podcast, Inventory Genius, where I break down all things inventory. I'm actually having you on um, for a two-part series that's coming up. I think in two weeks we'll be publishing that. So um, I bring on a lot of great guests and then I do a lot of interviews and conversations with my clients as well. So um, I'd love to have everybody follow me over there. Perfect. Okay. Well, Sierra, I am really just so grateful that we've connected. We have so much synergy and I love all the fun collaborations we've been doing together the last few months. Like just we're doing all the things. So thank you so much for being in my world and taking the time to come on the buyer side chat. All the things we have a lot going on together. It was great to be with you. Thank you. Hey friend, quick question for you. Are you feeling stuck with how to get your brand to stand out on fair? I'm asking you because as a buyer myself, I can tell you that there are just so many brands out there vying for the attention of these buyers, but I know that your brand has something so special and it needs to be seen. I put together a private podcast for you that goes deeper into what buyers are really looking for on the FAIR platform and how you can stand out from the crowd to grow your wholesale business and really land those dream buyers. So If this resonates with you, head to the link in the show notes for instant access. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. If you are loving the show, I would be so beyond grateful if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with one of your biz besties to help spread the word. I hope that you absolutely crush your sales this week. I'll be back to chat with you next Monday.